therapist says I have problems verbalizing my emotions, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> hey, shh. Welcome back to Not Another Needless Sequel, where we talk movies and propose unnecessary prequels, sequels, reboots, and remakes. I'm your host, Kane. Today I have with me my wife, who will be my co-host as we discuss 2015's Inside Out. Can I say that curse word now? No. This is a family podcast. I will not be speaking any further. He's going to have to do this alone. So what's the story? Uh, it's a movie about emotions, and there's a girl, and, uh... She's got emotions, and then her emotions have problems, and they have their own emotions. Perfect. I hated it. Oh, are we talking now? It's about a girl and her emotions on the inside, and so emotions wake up when she's born. Her primary emotion is joy, and then the movie is about how... She loses her joy because sadness is touching her core memories and the family had just moved and joy and sadness get lost. And because she's without joy and without sadness, she starts to like not be herself anymore. And the other emotions have to try and take over and it's about joy and sadness getting back. So when this movie starts out, it starts off with Riley's birth and with I guess the famous line, mostly because I've seen it used in memes a lot, where you hear Joy saying, do you ever look at somebody and wonder what is going on inside their head? And she says, well, I know, at least I know Riley's head. And it shows Riley as a little baby. And I guess the first emotion she has is Joy, followed by sadness. Eventually the others come in, disgust, fear, and anger. And I thought those were interesting emotions. It's probably not the five emotions I would have picked, but I mean, I don't know what I would have done, but the writers considered up to 27 different emotions and they chose these ones to make it less complicated. Some of the other emotions that they had uh, cut were surprise, pride, and trust, which yeah, I guess those, I could imagine those being maybe a little too complicated for a kid's movie. Yeah, I agree. I actually liked the entire opening and how you met each emotion as she was introduced to them as a baby, but all through the emotions eyes. Like I thought that that was really cool. And also at this point, Joy, because she's the primary emotion, is a little judgmental of everyone. She is. Which is an ongoing theme throughout the movie. I mean, when sadness is introduced, I thought it was funny that they like, if they're playing happy music with Joy, and when sadness is introduced, they just start playing sad trumpets. It's like, wah, wah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, she's immediately judgmental of her. She's like, well, get out of the way. And the thing is, is it comes up later in the movie, but you kind of can see it there in the beginning. She is, you know, of course, making baby Riley cry, but it's trying to get something, probably. You yeah. know, like, she's hungry, she needs diaper change, whatever. Like, there is a purpose for her. And, you know, Joy is kind of immediately like, get out of here. Like, let me handle this. You're making her cry. I agree. I agree. As this uh, goes on, it shows all these other emotions and how things go on. Like, obviously, it's very simple for us, but it's kind of a complicated movie. They consulted psychologists and other experts so that they could make Riley's mind work in a, you know, semi-scientifically accurate way. Um, for example, like, it's believed that short-term memories made during the day are converted into long-term memories during sleep, and they show that as they're showing just kind of what the emotions do on the day-to-day. -day. At the end of the day, they basically, like, pull a lever, and all the memories from the day get sent to long-term. Essentially, yes. That's how it works. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> she's a... Medulla oblongata. Let me just reel you back in here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
So like you said, she's judgmental. I laughed when she said, you know, she was listing off all the emotions, saying what they do, and she's like, in sadness? Well, I don't know what she does, and I've checked, and there's no place for her to go. Like, what a bitch. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm telling you, joy ain't it. Joy ain't the one. I think the idea of core memories is really cool, too. Like, you, like, have that in real life. Obviously, you know, it works differently, but when you think, you could probably imagine your own core memories or what might be a core memory... And just being able to put that on screen in a way for an animated movie, I think, is really impressive that they were able to do that. What are your top three core memories you can think of? We'll come back to that. (laughs) Also, you know, they say the core memories make up the islands of personality. And I think that's really interesting, too. They say early on the islands of personality are what make Riley Riley. And that makes a lot of sense because you're personality is built on experiences you've had in your life and your life kind of shapes you into who you are yeah there's something interesting later which when it gets to the parents and it eventually shows their like inner emotions Mm -hmm. not everybody has the same primary emotion and so you have to think that that that's due to their personality islands or something happening in their life yeah Definitely. I think everyone would have something interesting. There's even a scene way later on, it's like an after credits thing, where they're just showing random characters' emotions and everybody has their own thing going on. But anyway, Riley's life is great, and the emotions are like, nothing could go wrong. But then she is moving, and she's moving from Minnesota to San Francisco, and it's kind of a scary time for her. Anyone who's maybe made that kind of move knows how difficult that could be you know the house isn't what she expects and then you know her family starts kind of having their own issues her father's having some problem with his business uh their moving truck is not there so she doesn't have any of her stuff she's sleeping on the floor it's a just kind of a bad time and you even see inside her head her primary emotion she feels throughout her life have been joy but through this day you're seeing a lot of the other ones they're all color-coded and so you're seeing mostly when she gets to the house it's mostly the disgust fear and anger right well what's crazy to me is like even through all of this joy is failing to realize that moving across the country at, at riley's age is going to be kind of distressing and you would probably go through a rough patch i can't necessarily speak to that but i know that you can and you could probably relate to some of the emotions she was feeling yeah i mean it's it's a crazy thing to make that move you know you don't it's little things when you're a kid for sure i mean things as simple as like oh i have to make new friends like that seems huge and you don't want to do that you don't want to deal with that um it's just everything feels weird you're nervous it's kind of a mess and yeah joy is trying to keep turning everything positive which seems like a good thing but it's kind of not there are times where you don't need to be like that and During all of this, you know, she's kind of like, well, I'm going to make sure the next day is perfect. We're going to get back to having good days. And it's the first day of school. She wakes up and Joy is like, I have a plan for what everybody's going to do. You know, fear, you're going to make a list of everything that could go wrong. Anger, you're going to unload the train. Sadness, she's like, I'm going to draw this circle and you're just going to keep all the sadness in there, which pretty fucked up again yeah i mean it's kind of funny her foot's like barely sticking out and she's like pushes her back in i know yeah golly i mean i have my qualms with both sadness and joy throughout this movie i know (laughs) so on her first day of school like anyone has seen probably in school she gets introduced to the class it's a big deal because you have to stand up in front of the class and she's 11 years old it's a moment in your life that seems like it's make or break So she's telling the class about her life in Minnesota and the memory 
that is being broadcast in her head for her to kind of recall and talk about gets touched by sadness and it makes her realize all of this stuff that she's talking about so happily is in the past and it's not going to be that way anymore because she's talking about skating on the lake and hockey and all this stuff that you're probably not going to get in San Francisco at least not in the same way and she starts crying in front of class and that's a terrible i mean i can imagine what that would be like in school you'd be so embarrassed it creates a new sadness core memory yeah and they've apparently never had one of those because when that core memory comes through they're all like it's blue i mean joy is just like get that shit out of here like she's like we're gonna get rid of it and sadness you know tries to stop her this causes kind of a scuffle between them and they get sucked through this pipe out of the hq where all the emotions are supposed to be yeah and before, before we get to that, Joy had, like, somehow gotten all the core memories because Sadness, after they asked her not to touch something, next thing you turn around, and Sadness is touching a memory after they told her not to, and she's like, okay. Like, she's messing with the memories. So, why Sadness so nosy touching these? Just like Phyllis in the office. Nosy ho. I just think that you have a hatred for the character of Phyllis on the office, and you're taking that out on the actress. But. No. It's not explicitly said, but as I watched the movie and I thought about it, I feel like it's because right now sadness is supposed to be in charge. During this particular point in Riley's life, sadness should be in charge. It doesn't mean that her life has to be miserable, she has to be depressed, but sadness should be running it. And Joy will not allow that. And I think that's why sadness felt like this calling where she was like, I just really want to touch one. She even says like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm having like a breakdown. Like something is different. And I think it's because they're supposed to switch places yeah at certain yeah i agree joy's not going to be the only one that's at the head of the helm all the time yeah but just like disgust is probably going to take over in puberty (laughs) i can see that but so they they get sucked out of hq that's a big deal because they're like well riley can't feel happiness if joy's not there and fear anger and disgust are trying to imitate joy and that's not going well um joy and sadness they can't just get back up they're like across the way in like the long-term memory files and uh it's like there's no easy way to get back it's like kind of a terrible setup yeah they have to like they're trying to like walk across one of the personality islands and it's like a bar like it's not a bridge and she's slipping and it breaks Yes, it ends up breaking because she has, like, in the real world, she's having a fight with her parents, and it's because also the other emotions are trying to imitate Joy, and that's not working. Like, her parents are asking her about school. And at dinner, and that's the point that you see inside the parents' head and see that the mom's primary emotion is the sadness. Yeah. And the dad's is anger. Yeah, and, I mean, that's a really funny scene because, one, the director actually said that he based this scene sort of off of, like, a real-life experience he had with his own wife. But, you know, she is trying to get the husband's attention, and he's just, like, staring off, and inside his head they're watching sports, and it's damn near like he's also watching sports because he's just not paying attention. And what is really fucked up is once they kind of get into, like, a a bad time where, uh, you know, Riley, like, shouts at them and they send her to her room, the mom's emotion like are recalling a past lover and they're like you know we gave up this helicopter pilot for this yeah i know i know (laughs) and what's even more sad is after that the dad goes up to the room to like apologize and Mm -hmm. make things right and because riley doesn't have joy or sadness they're still trying to pretend and they like can't be funny and they just go to sleep and and he has to walk away 
Yeah, and so her islands start collapsing, which, like I said early in the movie, they said the islands of personality are what make Riley Riley. So she's losing who she is and herself. So Joy and Sadness are trying to get back. They're going through long-term memory. You meet, you know, just little other facets of how her mind works and i think those are interesting like you see the people that erase old memories that are like dead and they're like this memory's never gonna die and they have like the gum commercial song which everyone can relate to that you have just like some dumb little jingle in your head and you're what's like what's your dumb jingle it's probably the canine advantage yeah. <laughs> hello mother hello, hello father. father these mosquitoes really, really bother. bother something like that yeah. or the wonder ball song oh what's in a wonder ball that one. Oh, i wonder wonder what's in a wonder ball yeah. dumb shit like that but I then think mine is education connection that too <laughs> For free. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fucking, the opera singers. Um, and I need cash now. now Call G.G. Wentworth. All this shit is in my head. but Rent free. Yeah. If I need something important, I need a birthday, a fucking phone number. Nope. I'm taking a test and I need this medical knowledge. I have no idea. Yep. It's just gone. It's yeah. like, oh, but at least I can remember this song. Thank God. Clean it up with orbit. Yeah. That's why they'll never put some shit like that in trivia, because they know everybody would just be nailing it, the commercials. (laughs) So that's a little funny scene. They end up seeing Bing Bong, who is Riley's imaginary friend. There's a little scene early on when she's a child where you see her drawing Bing Bong on the wall and singing his theme song. Once they get together with Bing Bong, he's like, I can get you there, no problem. I can get you back to headquarters. Yeah, I'll show you a shortcut. And And Joy promises Bing Bong to make him a core memory. Yeah, that... In return. And Joy is also ignoring Sadness. She's like, I know the way. Sadness knows the way back. Because she made her read those manuals when she was trying to, like, get it, like, fuck off. Don't mess with anything. And Joy won't listen to her. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I thought during all that is I wish they had just sent the core memories through the tube that they were sending. Like when they were doing that gum commercial, they sent that through a tube. How about just be like, hey, take all these core memories. We'll get back. But well, put what these about up. the one that Joy tried to go up? Yeah, which I mean, this happens later, but she leaves sadness. But yeah, behind. it seems like they maybe could have got the core memories back without them. But I guess maybe she's, you know. The fact that she's kind of leading and trying to control everything, maybe she thought, well, that's not going to help. I need to be there, too. Yeah, for sure. So, Bing Bong is like, we're going to go catch a train. We just have to go through this thing that says danger. And Yeah, they go through abstract thought, and that's a whole little scene. And it's... sadness is like, we have to go around. And, you know, they go through abstract thought, miss the train. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Imagination Land to catch another train. This is one of the best parts of the movie right here. When they go through, like, well, they're going through several places. They go through Cloud City. Is that? Yes. Yeah. And there's that guy, and he fucking kills him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Bing Bong straight murdered the cloud and walked away whistling, pretending like nothing <laughs> happened. And the thing is, is it comes up a little later. I won't bring it up when it does, but later on, you see the wife of that cloud man telling the police, she's like, it was an elephant that killed him, and they run through and kill her, too. And the cop is like, forget it, it's cloud town. (laughs) Yeah, this is cloud town. Yeah, (laughs) so they're just like, oh, well, we saw someone get murdered, but we don't care. Insane. But during all this, they finally get to the train, and they're trying to make it back, but it's the train of thought uh-huh. and so i guess when she goes to sleep there's no train of thought and they're like well, we can't wait for this i think that was a big mistake just wait yeah you know like i know it's gonna be a little longer granted they don't know what's happening at headquarters we know 
that the other emotions are on the cusp of putting this idea in to tell Riley to run away because Correct. she needs to go make new core memories. And in their heads, their their logic is that all the core memories they had were made in Minnesota. So we need to get Riley to go back to Minnesota. So because the train of thought stops, they're like, we need to wake Riley up. And I really like the idea that Riley's dreams are like this production company yeah. that is putting on a show. And like, it's even funnier to me. They go there and you see Bill Hader. He plays Fear. You see him back at headquarters watching the dream. And he's like, oh, she is a bad actress, which like nearly explains why sometimes your dreams feel a little weird while you're watching somebody in your dream. And you're like, this is this is a dream. They're acting weird. And it's like they're bad actors. That's yeah. why they're acting like this. Yeah, he's. I like that because they even like try and scare him and he's like it's nothing new come up with something different yeah. and joy's like no we need to make her happy mm-hmm. and sadness is like no we have to scare her like she knows so anyways they go scaring her riley's like starting to become awake old boy's scared and then they they aren't able to wake her up before the cops are actually called and they're thrown into the subconscious which is like they say is where riley's like deepest darkest fears are and there's a clown in there. Yeah, there's yeah. a giant clown in there. I hate clowns, man. <laughs> and uh, my big giant thing would definitely be a spider. Yeah. And yours is a big old chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at some point, for me, a chainsaw being my fear, yes. But at some point, if it's too big, it's comically large, and I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm just like, what is this? I understand for you, a spider any size is just worse. But for me, like. At some point, no one's going to pick up this chainsaw. And let, yeah. let me not get too far into my fear of chainsaws on this Pixar movie. I know, but... I'm like so deathly afraid. <laughs> like I'm shaken to my core just seeing one. Well, okay, so the clown. Like a photo, a thought. They wake up this clown and they get it to go to the dream set. This wakes Riley up because it's one of her deep nightmares. And it gets the train of thought going again. They get on, they get back on the train. It's too late at headquarters. They've already planted this idea into Riley's head. She needs to run away once she wakes up, actually. So it's almost like had she stayed asleep, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But anger and them come out and they're like, can't even get a good night's sleep. Forget this. They put the idea in her head. She then steals money from her mother's purse to buy a bus pass or bus ticket. This causes her island of honesty to fall. And that hits the train, knocks the train off course. And so they can't even take the train back. And they're just like, we have no way to get out of here. And that's when they there was that tube that was going back to headquarters. And Joy tried to abandon Sadness. And then that tube broke. It's kind of messed up. Like, I, she's still not getting it. She's trying to keep Sadness from touching these core emotions. And she was just going to leave her there. And I mean, maybe if she had said, like, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to get you back. Let me just go ahead. Mm-hmm. It would have seemed better. But yeah. She's that... like, sorry. My priority is Riley or something. Yeah. And they should really be a team. Yeah. But yeah, that too breaks that because that island where her long term memory is starts breaking. Just her whole brain is like collapsing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she falls down towards the memory dump, which is where just the garbage, the memories that are all going away are, mm-hmm. along with Bing Bong. Um, sadness stays up top. And in the memory dump, her and Bing Bong, you know, they're kind of defeated, but eventually they realize they can maybe use his wagon 
to get out of there because the wagon's a rocket. He had plans to go to the moon with Riley. I guess that was part of their thing they did when he was her imaginary friend. And the wagon is powered by his theme song. So, I mean, anybody who's seen the movie, of course, knows the scene. They're trying to get out of the memory dump by flying this wagon out. Every time they try, though, they're not getting high enough. And Bing Bong sacrifices himself by jumping out at the last second so this that... is because immediately when bing bong land down landed down there his hand started to fade enjoyed it and fade at all yeah well he was already kind of on his way out he mentions early that you know there's not a lot of work for imaginary friends not to mention when they're on the train he picks up that memory he looks at it and he says oh this is riley she's big how are we gonna get to the moon like he's realizing through the movie that his time has come and it's kind of really depressing made me cry Sad, so sad. I mean, like his death is so sad. I cry at that part too. He says, you know, take her to the moon for me, okay? He only ever wanted what was best for her as where Joy doesn't have that in her best interest. I also think him crying throughout kind of shows people that like, it's okay to be sad. And that's something that Joy needed to realize. Well, up until this point, I did want to point out too, like Joy actually, oddly enough, goes through all the emotions. Like she's always joy but she has fear anger disgust and mm-hmm. sadness through her journey not sure that means anything for her quite in the end but i thought it was interesting once she gets back up there with the wagon unfortunately without bing bong she sees sadness sadness is kind of like this is my fault and running away she has now realized because she picked up a memory and was able to see it was a memory they had mentioned several times throughout the movie where her team her hockey team is like holding her up on their shoulders cheering for her to have happy memory but if you rewind the memory it's actually a sad core memory that has her sitting on a tree because she's sad she missed the winning shot and she kind of realizes now that I guess memories can be two things and the sadness is kind of getting people to come over and help her and there's a reason for every emotion I guess she realizes sadness is important yeah And so she's chasing after her. Finally, she goes over to... It comes up earlier in the movie, but there's like a machine that makes these imaginary boyfriends for Riley. Mm -hmm. They're just... I would die for Riley. Yeah, I would die for Riley. I would die for Riley. She goes over there and she bags a bunch of them up into like this magical bag she's been carrying the stuff around in this whole time. It can hold a million things. From Bing Bong. Yeah, from Bing Bong. And she uses it to make like this tower and she falls forward, grabs Sadness, and they crash into the window of headquarters. They get them in. I think it's funny too, like they can't break the window, but Disgust starts insulting anger until his head starts fuming and like shooting flames. Singes Sadness's hair. Yeah. (laughs) But they get them back in there. They get the uh, cores going and they get the idea out of her head as well to run away. Riley's already on a bus. And that's because Joy told them, Joy told Sadness to take over and run the show. Yeah. So she finally let her like take the reins and she was able to get the idea out. So Riley's able to get off the bus in time and return home. Her parents are in a panic. They don't know where she is. It's not like her. And this scene is super depressing too. I mean, it also brings me to tears when she's standing in front of her parents and she finally kind of like lets them know how she's feeling. And of course, Sadness is running the show, so she is crying and stuff. A thing about this is the the voice actress, you know, that was doing this scene, like she was really crying during this scene, which maybe plays towards how emotional it feels as well. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's just such a sad scene. And I kind of liked too that when she told her parents, they were like, you know, us two. They were vulnerable in that moment. And ultimately, the movie doesn't end with them being like, 
So I guess we'll move back to Minnesota, which I think is also good because that's not realistic. Yeah, I think part of it with her parents being sad and embracing her, that's when she felt joy and it came out with a new core memory that reestablished her family island, Mm -hmm. which was sadness and joy mixed together, which then we saw... As it progresses, the new fam, the, her new core memories that she made from her fallen islands, and she's added like a ton more islands to her personality. A lot of the memories are like core memories are dual emotion. Even besides the core memories, just the normal ones are dual emotions, which I think says a lot because as you get older, your emotions become more complex. Like I think, obviously, this movie has its little plot holes, its little dumb stuff. It is a kids movie. But I think this is a smart movie, Mm -hmm. like when you look at some of the stuff there. And I think when I heard that they talked to psychologists, like it didn't surprise me. I was like, a lot of this makes sense. So the movie kind of ends with them saying, you know, everything's going great now. Uh, Riley is 12 now, which, you know, could be. What could happen? Yeah, which could be around when she's starting puberty. Um, You know, they are doing a sequel, obviously. I don't know if they'll use the same voice actress. But what I thought was interesting was uh, Caitlin... Dias, who was the voice of Riley, she was 11 years old when they cast her, and she went through puberty, and her voice deepened considerably, and they had to adjust her voice to make it sound younger later on in the movie. That's funny. After that, you know, we get just this little epilogue that I liked, where it's showing different characters from throughout the movie, just side characters, like this boy that was at the hockey game, this girl that was uh, serving pizza, another girl from the school... And you just get a quick glimpse inside their head of their emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just a My favorite scene. one was the cool girl at school. She's like, don't let them all know we're a fraud. Yeah. I liked the bus driver. All of his emotions were the anger one. Yeah. They were all like, <laughs> and they were like trying to do something and the gum commercial came down and they all start screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, that one was funny too. Yeah. But ultimately, I really liked this movie. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Like I said, I think it's a really smart movie. I think that it's one of the most unique things I've seen from Pixar. Not that, you know, Pixar, they always are on point. But still, overall, it's not something that you'd even expect. Like, if you try and explain this movie to someone who has no idea about it, you're like, it's a movie about someone's emotions. I think it's for kids, but it's also deeper for adults, too. And that's something Pixar does a good job of with their animated movies. Yeah, absolutely. I gave it a 4.7, so I really liked it as well. All right, I have a dumb game for you. A dumb game? I think it's dumb. All games are dumb. Excuse me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have five celebrities here. I have to use celebrities because, you know. I need people listening to know who the fuck we're talking about as well. All right, all right. Unless, you know, we there's going to be somebody, if anybody fucking comments on this, there's going to be some asshole like, Well, I never heard well, yeah, of you. I, I never heard of that person. I don't I'm know. such an edgelord, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. But I picked, like, what I think are some of the most well-known celebrities. I'm going to say their name, and I need you to quickly give me what would be one of their core memories. And Quickly? Yeah, you, I don't need you taking fucking 10 minutes to do this. Like, first thing that comes to your head. First. Okay, okay. Then, you know what, let's, I didn't even think about this, but give me what kind of island you think it would make in their head. Okay, okay. And I'll I'll do the same, but you know, I'm just going to be repeating after you, so I have longer to think than you, I guess. All right. Uh, Justin Timberlake. In sync. And what island would that make? Friendship. Okay. I was thinking uh, when he pulled out old girl's titty at the Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Or not Super Bowl commercial, but Super Bowl halftime show. Janet Jackson. Yes, and I think that it would make an island of shame. (laughs) Shame. Yeah. Shame. Would they have 
uh, the shame nun. That's all it would be. On Game the of shame Thrones. nuns walking around, yeah. <laughs> reminding him to always keep it tight. You yeah, know? yeah. All right, uh, Johnny Depp. Amber Heard case. <laughs> Uh, all right what island would that make honesty okay i was thinking just a big old pile of blow and (laughs) the (laughs) it'd probably make death island death island okay constantly reminding him of his mortality okay okay will smith slapping chris rock (laughs) (laughs) you you think the same thing yeah absolutely family (laughs) the family yeah (laughs) god damn it what do you think? Abs- uh, that's exactly what I would have said. Yeah. <laughs> poor son of a bitch has done so much. I shouldn't say poor son of a bitch. I'm going to have to cut that out. I'm not going to have people on here yeah. besmirching me for being a Will Smith <laughs> uh, sympathizer. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Beyonce. Queen B. Hmm. No memorable times in her whole life, huh? <laughs> I mean, I guess she has memorable times, but I'm trying to think. Jay-Z cheating. Damn, I was going to say, too, when her sister's hitting Jay-Z in that elevator. Oh, yeah. I don't think Beyonce was present for that, was she? I thought she was, but I don't know. I'm I don't not, know. I'm not too hip on... Jay-Z cheating. Okay. So, the Lemonade uh, Island. Yeah. Lemonade. They serve sour lemonade all day yeah, long. Yeah, they do. Okay. Kim Kardashian. Oh, so many good ones to pick from. <laughs> so many good ones. The first, very first thing that came to my mind was sex tape. Me too. And it was either sex tape or three weddings. Okay. Either one. And what island is that? Um, The sex tape island. Fame. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say, in my head, I'm picturing an island that's like made of cameras. There's just cameras everywhere. Yeah. So That's fame. I guess, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Now, uh, what would be your podcast appropriate core memory? A podcast what? appropriate? I'll say something fucked up that I gotta cut out anyway. <laughs> what about you? You go first. I always go first. A core memory of mine. A podcast appropriate core memory. Is driving through the city and looking up and seeing or thinking that I could see Spider Man swinging through the city. I think that that would make an island of creativity. Oh, uh, God. Uh. <laughs> well, fucking now you're making me feel awkward about it. I feel uh. so. I'm like, God, you fucking loser. I wasn't in it, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'll pick a different one. No, you... Um, core memory, core memory. I mean, if you had memory. one about me, you could do that and just make me look like the dick. No, I'm thinking Wendy with an I. That movie? No, I just, I, when I said I'm thinking, that always comes oh my to my god. head. Getting accepted to school. I feel like that's a The first that's a or second school? Third. Okay, well, okay. And what island is that making? Career. Career island. I don't have one of those. You do. You're a podcast host. It's not making an island. <laughs> All right. What's your sequel? Okay. So it's titled Inside Out 2 Electric Boogaloo. God damn it. It's I'm just kidding. You finally did it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All I have is Inside Out 2. I think it needs a subtitle, but I'm having a hard time. I was thinking about calling it Emotional Roller Coaster. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, the switch up could be, but okay. Inside Out too. Okay. It's a direct sequel to Inside Out. It's going to take place when Riley is a senior in high school. Catch it. Montage of what's happened with Riley and her emotions since the last movie and how everything's been going great, sad, you know, whatever. 
Everyone's working like a well-oiled machine. However, she's applying to college currently. She's in the middle of applications and she's trying to decide if she wants to continue to play hockey or not. However, she's only feeling conflicted about this because she doesn't know if she's good enough, right? Her parents are trying to be supportive, but you can tell they want her to play in colleges as it would be easier. They believe it'd be easier for her to make friends and she could receive a scholarship that would pay for her school. So that'd take financial stress off them. As application decisions start to roll in, you see how her emotions from the inside as her reactions to her acceptances and her rejections go. But on the day that she receives the decision on her number one choice, not only does she get rejected, but her friend get best friend gets accepted and offered a hockey scholarship. This makes anger take over and Riley seem resentful. No matter how much Joy tries to stop this, she's unable to and Friendship Island stops running. It doesn't break. It just shuts down. This is important. Next, when her parents find out, they're trying to be supportive, but Riley's chop choice was far away from home and so she snaps at them because she believes that they never really wanted her to go and Family Island shuts down. So during all of this, the emotions become aware that not only if these islands stay down, but if more than three islands go down due to the same emotion, that emotion will be her new primary emotion, which would be anger. Oh, I like that. Yeah? I like that little world building, like, way that a primary emotion can change. I like that. Yeah. So the emotions... All of them, but primarily Joy because she's the main emotion right now. Start working overtime to try and help this. However, Riley also finds out that her boyfriend got into that school and he just assumed that she did and was talking to her about it and she became angry at him, broke up with him, so the relationship island is now down. The culmination of all of these things and anger becoming her predominant emotion has started to take effect with a new non-mixed core memory being made. And this has not happened since... Prior to the last movie, all of them have been mixed of good and bad or, um, you know, mix of both. And this one is just red. After this, the emotions are going to try a multitude of things to help Riley, including sadness, trying to take over and letting her cry it out. But this backfires on everybody because she's crying only because she's angry. So anger takes back over. The emotions try and send anger away from headquarters. And he agrees because he does not want to be the primary emotion. He just wants to be there in certain times. However, he spontaneously returns because Riley has now decided to quit hockey and never play again. And as Hockey Island starts to shut down slowly, she receives a call from a different school that is back home in Minnesota where she has been wanting to return to all along. This call causes her to reflect and realize that she only wanted the other school because her best friend and boyfriend wanted to go there and she wanted to be able to know people. She's reminded through old core memories that she has previously had to move and get to know other people before and she did just fine making friends after adjusting to life in San Francisco. Hockey Island stops shutting down and is restored. Next she tells her parents and apologizes so Family Island is now restored and functioning. She apologizes to her best friend, and although they won't be at the same school, the island is back functioning because they are able to talk about when they'll play each other and be happy for one another. Relationship Island is restored as her boyfriend forgave her, and Joy is back to being the front lady, and the end of the movie is a montage of graduation, college, etc. I think you have a little something there. The end. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely better than mine. I like it. I think that there's a lot of ideas there that I liked. Thanks. Ooh, all right. Inside Out 2. Electric Boogaloo? Emotional Breakdown. Oh, man, that was good. What do you think the subtitle of mine should be? Senior Year. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it could be something like that. Okay, I sorry. I think go mine's ahead. good. 
Riley has started puberty, and the emotions are on full alert as the puberty alarm on the board begins flashing. Her memories are coming in faster than they ever have before. Riley is trying to date, and the social hierarchy of school has never been more important. Now, one thing about this movie is I wasn't about to sit here and try and write fucking teenage jokes because I hate when, you know, when you watch something Mm -hmm. and you're like, this is a 50-year-old man that wrote this joke about teenagers. (laughs) When teenagers are just like, oh, mom, and you're like, no, that's never, no one has ever spoken like that. In the history of time. Yeah. So I wasn't about to fill it with that, but just imagine some of that shit would be going on. She's going through puberty, but not written by me. While Joy has always been the one in charge, it seems all of the emotions are fighting for the leadership role. This causes Riley to have mood swings and switch between her emotions rapidly throughout her day-to-day. We see several scenes of the wrong emotion taking over at inopportune times, causing problems in Riley's life. One day at school, Riley is desperately trying to impress her friends during hockey practice with different tricks she learned back home. It's about to get dark, so, uh, you know, trigger warning. The emotions are having a full-blown argument and are no longer even guiding Riley. Riley slips on the ice and suffers a head injury, landing her in a coma. As Riley's body enters this comatose state, headquarters collapses and each of the emotions escape to a different personality island. Each emotion must face their own demons as they try and find one another. With each emotion feeling guilty for what happened, they discover an internal cause for Riley's coma. Every emotion is finally reunited at a communication station where they find out that the coma was caused by the emotions not talking to one another, thus leading to the failure of the communication system between the different parts of Riley's brain. Upon realizing this, the emotions work out their issues as they all have the same goal in mind, that being Riley. Once the emotions do this, the communication station powers back up and headquarters reappears, allowing all the emotions to make their way back and wake Riley back up. The movie ends with Riley waking up in the hospital, having been out for just a few days. I like it. Do you? I do. (laughs) I think it's interesting. What if we combined our forces? That would be first i'm not sure we're allowed to do that i mean i'll have to check with the rules of the show i personally think that big mama meets (laughs) no i wanted to put her in a coma but i'm not smart enough to know anything about the way that works that i couldn't make it smart for the way they have to connect i know like you know your stuff's not talking to each other but that was the best way i could do it and actually this is going to make it seem like i stole it but the original idea for the movie was that riley would get some kind of, something would happen to her and she would have amnesia and all of the emotions had to get her memories back oh yeah i thought that was interesting i thought maybe you could make a sequel like that but i didn't want somebody to just be like burn you stole it yeah that is interesting for sure anyway thank you for making it this far If you'd like to vote on whose sequel idea was the best, come by our YouTube channel for the polls or let us know your idea with a comment, tweet, or you can reach us at needlesssequel at gmail.com. Links, as always, will be wherever you are listening. If you had a good time, share a show with someone, leave us a review, and come back for more. We would love to have you. All right, be easy, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye.